0: And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me.
1: My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs. We heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio
2: on one of the uh,
1: videos that says, open
2: the door.
3: (gasps) Oh, no! very nasty, demonic-sounding voice. So that is my ghost story.
2: Hi, and welcome to the Haunted AF Podcast, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. And this is actually take two of the (laughs) Haunted AF Podcast. We earlier today taped the entire podcast, and then I deleted the whole thing.
1: Did you actually delete it, or are we haunted like we keep telling people?
2: Let's just say we're haunted. That makes me feel slightly less ridiculous. I really don't know how I did it. It I know I felt so bad for you, and I don't want to laugh at it, because that's But it's probably a good thing. God, I I was such a mess earlier that when we first started taping, I forgot this is our Thanksgiving episode. It is. This is dropping on Thanksgiving day and we were three to five minutes into the podcast and you had to remind me, oh yeah, happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) So coming up in just a little bit, we have a brand new Dead Pet of the Week theme song. Woo! I am so glad we're getting these things almost weekly now. And we've also got some stories from a longtime nurse. Our nurses always have the best stories, like these
1: old hospitals, man.
2: That's uh, uh, so haunted. Yep.
1: And don't forget to follow us on all the social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. Plus, you want to subscribe to hauntedaf.com. We're actually doing companion blogs. So with this episode, you will also find the stories, the pictures, the videos, everything that you need right there. And check out our Haunted AF online merch page as well because we got cool stuff like sweatshirts and cups and mugs and
2: hats and oh, yeah. all the fixings. Perfect stuff for the holidays, too. If you've got a Haunted AF fan in your life, this is stuff that they would dig. Just make sure you order it early because mm-hmm. uh, it does take a while. We're not like Amazon. It takes a little while to print this stuff. Yeah. Um, also, remember you can support the Haunted AF podcast through our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com and search for Haunted AF. It's $5 a month. And we keep posting things there whenever we're on break. And like next week is going to be our season four finale, but we will keep posting new content on the Haunted AF Patreon page. So this is a really great time to subscribe. And we got to say thank you to Ethan Armstrong, Sam Worski, Savannah, James Beltran, and Sam Moore, who are all new patrons right now. So um, last week when we were talking, Rebecca, you had spent an inordinate amount of time looking for Thanksgiving ghost stories. Did you have any luck with that? So
1: I thought I had stumbled onto a ghost turkey situation. And after, like, reading three pages of a never-ending blog, it was um, basically <laughs> a story about a turkey that was very hard to hunt. But in the end, he won and killed it. Yay! Oh. Oh, so it's not like a ghost turkey. It was just like, you No, know. I was lured in because the title of the stupid blog was called Ghost Turkey. Ugh. And it was basically about a real, alive turkey who was hard to find. Like, he would gobble, and then you turn around to try to, you know, shoot at him, and he was not there. I think
2: we need to rewrite that story where it's like a turkey that you hear, but you can't see him, like an actual ghost turkey that sneaks up on you in the shower and just goes, you know, (laughs) like a legit ghost turkey. I think we need to make that happen.
1: But I did find you a ghost turkey Thanksgiving joke. Please tell it. Okay. Ready? Because it's cheesy as hell. So beware. Okay. What do you call a ghost turkey? (laughs) What? Poultry, guys. (laughs) 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 i actually like
2: that i like that joke (sighs) (laughs) Okay, good. I get it. Poultry guys. Yay, poultry guys. So I have a Thanksgiving story, but it's not a ghost story. Can I tell it? Okay. This is a true story. It was like, I think I was 22, 23 years old and I brought a new boyfriend home for Thanksgiving. That was weird enough because my mom has to see his nipple ring. Wait, I'm sorry. What? She asked to see, because I told her he had a nipple ring. (laughs) So my mom asked my boyfriend to see his nipple (laughs) ring at the Thanksgiving table. But the really weird part is that a bunch of turkeys. turkeys escaped from a farm and ended up in my mom's neighborhood and it was just like we were in the kitchen and all of a sudden you looked out the back window and literally there were turkeys running all over her yard (laughs) and this isn't like this was in Roswell Georgia this is not like a little farm town you know she was right next to a busy street so I guess that all these turkeys had just escaped from a nearby farm and the farmers were having to come out and round them up but these turkeys were just running them through the neighborhood it was kind of fantastic (laughs)
1: we were all rooting for them too you know of course they had like a little taste of freedom, and they're like, We don't want to go back. Are we just going to do this the whole episode? Oh! <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Uh, like let's... when you're least expecting it, I'm going to get you with Please one.
2: Please do. It's a turkey <laughs> attack, it's a ghost turkey. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get started with Reyna.
4: Hi, Rebecca and Julie. My name is Raina, and I'm from Seattle, Washington. I've been loving your podcast. My little sister and I have started listening to it literally daily. She's about to turn 16, so I'm teaching her how to drive, and we just hop in the car, put it on, and go. Our favorite story so far is about Joey's creepy grandma. That was hilarious. Um, So I actually have a scary story that I've been debating sharing with you guys, because I actually hate the sound of my voice, right? But what the heck? So here goes. When I was 13 years old, I had a girlfriend and she was really into scary, spooky stuff. Her name was Gabby and her family would come over all the time. And her and I would go up to my room and we would watch horror movies together. The Babadook, Children of the Corn, you name it. We started watching progressively scarier and scarier stuff. One day she came over and I guess the movies weren't doing it for us anymore. And she's like, hey, have you ever heard of a Ouija board? She's like, dude, you can conjure demons and like talk to dead people. I was like, oh, okay, this could be fun, right? So we're thirteen and twelve, right? So we're like trying to search on the internet where we can get a Ouija board, and we don't have credit cards or anything like that. Our parents would never let us buy it, so we were like, okay, well, why don't we try to make one? So we like Google image Ouija boards, and then we're like sitting here crafting together to make our own stupid little Ouija board, and um, it doesn't work. <laughs> we-, we tried to use it, and she's saying, you know, show us a sign, show yourself. I don't know. We're just throwing stuff out. We don't know about what to do so nothing happens and then I just kind of throw the thing in my closet um because I didn't want my parents to see it because they'd be freaked out um so I close my closet door and then I go to sleep for the night so at about two o'clock in the morning I wake up and I have the literal heebie-jeebies I apologize for the background noise by the way it's raining in Seattle right um <laughs> so I'm super weirded out I don't know what's going on and uh And I just feel really cold, and I feel like someone is watching me. Oh my gosh, it's really coming down. Um, (laughs) So I look into the corner of my room, and I see the figure of a man. And it's like a black silhouette outline. And it's just standing there watching me. And I was so freaked out. My heart jumped out of my chest. And as I was watching it, it started to move closer to me and it wasn't walking. It was like floating and it started to get so close to the point where it was like hovering over me and I felt paralyzed. So I closed my eyes and I started to recite Bible verses that I had memorized in my head. So I finally opened my eyes and it's gone. So I sit up straight up in my bed. I'm freaked out and I'm kind of looking around my room now like, okay, it's really gone. And then my closet doors on their own start sliding back and forth. Now, these are the kind you'd have to like grab and lift up and pull. They're like, uh, they were over carpet. So it's not something that can just slide on its own. I bolted out of my room so fast. I ran down the hall and I ran into my older sister's room. And uh, I run in her room and I shake her awake and I'm like, Isha, someone was in my room. And I'm literally hysterical and I'm like, I'm so scared. And I told her about Ouija board. I told her about everything. And she was like, oh my God, you idiot. And I'm like, can I just sleep in your room? I'm scared. And so she's like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. So I like get in her bed and then she's like, you're just freaking yourself out. And so we start to go to sleep and then all of a sudden her closet doors start sliding back and forth. Mm. And I'm like are you seeing this? And she was like, uh-huh. And we just started praying together. I was so freaked out. But um, in the morning, we like taped Bible verses all over everything. And uh, we were like praying over the rooms like, "Don't come back. And I took that cardboard Ouija board and I threw it away. I didn't burn it. I wish I would have burned it. And I learned my lesson. I will never touch a Ouija board or try to craft one out of cardboard for the rest of my life. Thanks,
2: guys. Thanks, Raina. I see, even the stupid homemade Ouija boards, don't mess
1: with them. I, no, why is it like extra level creepy when it's a homemade Ouija board? I don't know, but I agree.
2: I mean, they're creepy enough to begin with, you know, with the little yeah. chit, but the mm-hmm. do-it-yourself ones are so weird. I love how when she starts really getting into the ghost story, it starts pouring rain. Dude, I it.
1: know! And you can Hear it in the background and I'm like ooh, it's getting
2: spooky I know that was really getting to me and guys if you're recording your story while you're in your car please be careful pull over <laughs> y'all make me so nervous when that happens
1: <laughs> I know I always love it when we have people that preface like don't worry I'm driving safely hands-free yeah I'm being
2: safe <laughs> I'm like are you
1: are you Sure. Mm-hmm. Our next story comes from Jennifer, and she says, first of all, I would like to say that I love, love, love your podcast. I Aww. have been binging all the episodes. Yay, thank you. She says, my name is Jennifer, and my family moved to Marietta, Georgia in 1980 into a brand new house. Hold up. Marietta, Georgia, that's where I had my experience, in the condo. Oh that's where it happened to me so it's just a haunted city so Mm -hmm. uh, she says I have two younger sisters and a lot of strange things happened to us in that house my sisters and I all had the same dream one time there was an old man in a fishing hat cooking peas on our stove that is strange (laughs) she goes I know really weird and random the next morning I was having breakfast and I told my sisters about the strange dream I had had well of course they both give me a look like are you freaking kidding me right now I asked why and they said they had both had the exact same dream the three of us could be at home by ourselves and hear the dresser drawers in our bedrooms opening and closing. Dude. We would hear the doors opening and closing. Sometimes at night, I would see what looks like a shadow crawling on my floor. No, no, no. My youngest sister and her family have lived in that house for 10 years now. They've had things hidden from them, doors opening and closing. My sister has seen a full-blown apparition of a little girl and a man several times now. Super scary. Please keep up with your podcast. It really is one of the best that I've heard in a really long time. Jennifer. And Oh, and she says, P.S. I do have a southern accent, so feel free to add that if you'd like.
2: Well, you should have told us that sooner, Jennifer. I know. <laughs> okay, speaking of ghosts taking things, we just had mm-hmm. a situation. I hadn't told you this. So my husband gave me a pair of diamond earrings as like a gift after I had our first baby. And mm-hmm. I love them, but I lost one of them years ago. <laughs> I had not seen this <laughs> earring in ages. And let me guess, you did not tell him. I did not tell him. No, I did not. <laughs> uh-huh. So just recently he was replacing the pipes in our sinks in our bathroom and so he had to go in and clean out underneath both of our sinks so he comes into the kitchen with that earring in his hand and he's like what the heck Julie why was your earring underneath my sink and I'm like I have no idea but that thing's been missing for years so evidently (laughs) when he was in there pulling all the stuff out in the cabinet underneath his sink my earring was right there in the cabinet now I have absolutely no idea why that would have ended up there like if it fell out of my jewelry box or something like that I've never even really been underneath his sink so I have no how idea weird. how it got there isn't that crazy what?
1: that is nuts, but very helpful. So thank you Ghosty for leaving uh, the diamond earring back. I know. It <laughs> it's very nice to have
2: that back. Okay, so this next story comes from Natalie.
0: Hi girls, it's Natalie. Um, I have been listening now. I like totally binged three seasons. I'm about to go into season four and I know you guys wanted voice memos. Yes, I am driving. So if you hear that in the background, I am being safe though. It's hands free. <laughs> I have a story to tell you from when I was in college. Um, I went to Lewis and Clark Community College in Godfrey, Illinois, and there is a principal or a, forget what she's called, from when it was a women's college back in the 1800s. Her name was Harriet and she was a beloved caretaker and beloved principal and sometimes the girls couldn't go home so she would try to make Christmas nice well, apparently one Christmas she would dress up as Santa Well, something caught the Santa beard on fire and burned half of her face. So all of the portraits that you see throughout the college only show half of her face because she was quite embarrassed about the other side of her face that was burned. Well. It's well known that she still roams the halls, and when I was there in 97, I had a radio shift. I was in the radio broadcasting program, and the radio station itself is like a fishbowl, basically. When you turn your back to get on the mic, you turn your back to a wall of glass, and there's a very large heavy door and when the mic comes on in the studio there's a light that goes above this door that says on air so i'm doing my shift and typically i'm there early early in the morning or real late at night so i was there by myself typically so i turn my back to the glass to get on air and i hear the door come open So at this point, I'm thinking I'm being punked because I'm one of very few women in the program, so I'm thinking that the guys are messing with me at this point. So I close the door and I lock it and I turn my back to the glass again. Can I turn the mic on? And in the middle of what I'm talking about, the door comes open again. So at this time, I'm getting mad. So I close the door, I lock it, and I make sure it's locked this time. So instead of going on the air for my break, I don't. I don't get on the mic but I do turn my back to the glass and I'm sitting right by the door and I watch and I see the door handle turn, the little button lock like pop, it's that button lock where you push in and if you turn the knob it pops out and the door handle turn. So I grab the door and I throw it open because I'm about to just light into somebody and there is nobody in the doorway, nobody at all and it's super cold and every piece of hair on my arm and the back of my neck is standing straight up. So, I probably look like a complete idiot in the doorway, talking to no one, and I'm like, listen, Harriet, you're scaring me. You've got to stop it. And I closed the door. I end up calling security and telling them what happened. And they didn't even question me. They were like, okay. And they sent a guy to come sit with me for the rest of my shift. They didn't even, like, act like it was anything new. Apparently, it wasn't new. And when I worked there, oh, gosh, I got more stories about when I worked there. But, yeah, once I laid down the law and said, stop it, she stopped. That's my ghost story. Thanks, girls. Love what you do. Keep it up.
2: Thanks, Natalie. And you and I both know, man. There's something about a radio station during the mm-hmm. overnight shift. Cool. Nobody freaking turns a light on in that place. <sighs> oh yeah, and the on-air light. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> you, I know. You don't open the door when the on-air light no, is on. No, you just you don't. don't do it. All right, Rebecca, I got a new one for you. Yay! You may let out a tiny shriek, cause it's time for the dead pet of the week.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: And that kid, that's from <laughs> Doreen. She's the one who has the uh, ghost named Dennis, um, uh-huh. who's another one that's always moving things around.
1: That was a great one. Uh, so today is dead pet of the week. A little bit different, so I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, hello, ladies. I'm a native of Eastern North Carolina and have lived here most of six decades. My granddaddy and granny were tenant farmers and lived in a small wood frame farmhouse when my mom was an adolescent. Granny was pregnant, and the night she went into labor, no doctor was available, so a midwife was assisting her. The delivery was very long, very difficult, and Granny was in a lot of pain. Granddaddy was tending to my young uncle and my mom in the kitchen and since it was a warm night, he had the door open to allow a breeze to blow in. He knew there was a possibility that neither mother nor child would make it through the night. Oh, God, this is already heartbreaking. At the moment the baby was delivered, my mom and Granddaddy watched as a dog appeared outside the door and silently stepped inside. He stood for a few seconds, then turned back to the front porch and disappeared. Granddaddy, who rarely spoke of this night, said that he knew someone had passed away. The baby, a boy, had been delivered. Stillborn. I know. Oh, my mom and granddaddy described the dog as being small and similar to a boxer. Granddaddy said that he thought the dog knew that the boy would need a companion for his journey. Aww. Oh, that's kind of sweet. At least yeah. the baby didn't have to like cross over alone.
0: Right.
2: Um, and that story comes from Darren Pierce. Okay, so this next story comes from Wendy.
0: Hi, Julian,
5: Rebecca. Hopefully I do this right. I'm terrible at this kind of thing, but I really wanted to send in the story about an apartment that my husband and I and our kids lived in. When we moved in, I kind of had had a feeling there was something off. And I would say about a week after moving in, our youngest daughter, who was just to turn seven at the time, she woke up in the middle of the night screaming and crying both me and my husband jumped out of bed and I ran into the room and she started crying telling me that a scary angel was staring at her she said that it looked like it was white very tall and it was standing next to my bedroom door so that was kind of creepy me and my husband are huge skeptics so we kind of just brushed it off and then about a week after that everybody had been showered and was ready to go to sleep and I was about to read my book and I heard somebody whisper my name in my ear clear as day um I didn't know what it was so I kind of just Just let it go. After a while, I just, nothing really happened. I mean, you would get weird feelings like you were being watched, but nothing big, until we got a dog. And the dog was terrified of the kitchen. He would sit at the entry of the kitchen and bark and growl for just hours. We couldn't even feed him. His food was in the kitchen. He wouldn't go in there. And then our microwave started going off by itself, which was really weird. We thought maybe it was broken. So we had the apartment complex replace it. And then that one would start going off by itself. We ended up moving out for other reasons. Somebody else moved into that apartment and I, would say maybe after five months, they had moved out and broke their lease. We're not sure if it was because of the creepy things going on there, but I thought that was kind of weird. Anyways, love the podcast. I listen to you every day on my way to work and every day on my way home from work. My kids love you guys so much. And my husband, who is even a bigger skeptic than me, thinks you guys are great. Thank you.
2: Aw, thank you, Wendy. So I wrote her back and I asked about the scary angel. That's Uh the part that really got to me. So her daughter, so first of all, she's seven years old. So this isn't like a little, little kid. Seven is young, yeah. but it's kind of an older kid. She also, mm-hmm. she was up using the bathroom when she saw this thing standing next to her mom's bedroom mm-hmm. door. So it's not like she was like just waking up and still laying in bed. She was up and moving through the house when she saw this thing. So it definitely wasn't a dream then. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, this next one comes from Sorry from the Weird Diva podcast. And you actually just did a guest spot. I did, and they're so fun. Sorry says, the year was 2000 and I was a senior in high school. I lived in a house my parents built on seven acres in a small town. On this particular day I climbed into my car admiring the pretty orange sunset and began to back down our long driveway. I looked into the rearview mirror to make sure I didn't hit a tree or something and instead I saw a young boy in my driveway. He was standing very casually behind my moving car as if we had rehearsed this a million times. For whatever reason, actual logic flew out the window and I stepped on the gas. Hard. What? Yes, I saw a child in my rearview mirror and I floored my car in reverse. I feel like the average person would react by slamming on the brakes and I can't tell you what happened in that moment. All I know is that my entire body said, nope. And I noped. Fortunately, there was no child actually there and she hit nothing. Sorry says, I continued on to my destination and promptly forgot about it. Note the ADD is strong with this one. She wrote that, not <laughs> me. Uh, it wasn't until I was returning home some point after midnight that I remembered. And I only remembered because when I pulled up, he was sitting on the back of my dad's car in the driveway. He was probably somewhere between six and eight years old with red hair and big blue eyes. He wore a blue and white striped shirt and long shorts. He wasn't transparent. He didn't glow. He looked completely solid and normal, except for the fact that the colors were faded like a piece of cloth left in the sun. I went from my car to inside the house at a speed that defies physics and every law of nature. (laughs) This little song and dance with Faded Boy continued weekly. If I arrived home after dark, I would see him standing in the front yard or sitting on my dad's car, just staring. He didn't speak, he didn't point or gesture or sprout additional heads and try to eat me. He just stared. I eventually told my mom, who is basically a hippie without the drugs, she asked (laughs) if I wanted to have daddy come out with me and try to talk to the boy. Now, my dad is an ordained minister, but he looks like a pirate king. I want to meet this guy. He thought the boy (laughs) was a guardian angel, but then I pointed out taking the form of a creepy kid is just not the best way to make contact. Well, time passed and I adjusted to seeing the strange boy outside. It was unnerving, but I figured we had an understanding. He stayed motionless in the yard and I ran like my ass was on fire into the house. <laughs> I eventually stopped seeing him, but recently my mother told me that she was talking to one of the campus cops at her school about the ghost that he had seen. She told him my story and he asked, "Quote, was he wearing a striped shirt?" <laughs> Ooh. Um, th- have we heard striped shirt
1: boy stories? I know we always hear about the creepy little boy. Um, yeah, and the cre- the creepy little boys always seem to have, like, blue eyes. So we got a story from Stephanie, and she says, Hi, Rebecca and Julie. This is either a reincarnation story or my little brother was possessed by a Roman soldier. Ooh. It was late 1999. We were in the northeast of England, where it was predictably cold and drizzly. My mother, to further our education, took us on another educational trip to Hadrian's Wall, a great big wall the Roman silt north of England to keep the Scottish out. My littlest brother was a talkative two-year-old who had so far not been blessed with the trip to the wall. Lucky him. <laughs> these, <laughs> these forts are nearly 2,000 years old, and all that remains are bits of stones and outlines of foundation, which we clamored over and paid absolutely no attention to the plaque. My youngest brother was already walking. So as soon as we arrived, per the 90s norm, we immediately strapped him into his kitty harness, leash, <coughs> leash. <coughs> <Leashed. laughs> he wrote that, by the way. I'm just, I'm just acting out her words. The cough, leash, cough. <laughs> yeah, <Yep. laughs> exactly. Baby leash. There's nothing better. Mm. Uh, and then we started following him as he toddles around the site. We just entered the fort proper when my normally hyperactive little brother went stuck still then he walked over to the jumble of stones and creepily whispered this is where we had bath time then he toddled off to another ruin and announced this is where we got our food He then lost focus and started running around in circles, trying to free himself from the harness. This little outburst was not that surprising, but what did surprise us is when we checked the plaques, they were quite literally a bathhouse and a storehouse. To have picked these correctly out of all the buildings there and in their absolute unrecognizable state was amazing to my 10-year-old mind. My brother remembers nothing from this incident and nothing like it has ever happened again. However, reincarnation stories do run in my family, okay? I like it. She says, my grandfather, for example, is convinced that he was either Queen Mary of Scots in a past life or was one of her chambermaids. I don't know which is worse, the chambermaid or Queen Mary. Didn't she get her head chopped off? Uh,
2: yeah, I don't think things ended well with her. Why? Why? No. Would he, uh, like, anytime you talk to someone who was reincarnated, they were always royalty.
1: Right? Yeah.
2: They were never the piss pot boy. They were always royalty.
1: I wonder why that is, because nobody can, like, check up on that.
2: That's true. There's no uh, fact checking on that one, so. <laughs>
1: Uh, she also goes on to say that my mother has reoccurring nightmares, even to this day, about being in the fire of London and not knowing where her daughter was. Ooh! Ooh anyway i love the podcast and hope you found this interesting i have a few other stories including a scottish haunting mm-hmm. if that is of any interest greetings from berlin stephanie um yes please send it to us haunted podcast at gmail.com yeah and we
2: need more reincarnation stories right those are fun <laughs> okay so this next one comes from holly
3: hi julie and rebecca i am a huge fan of your show Uh, My name is Holly. I live in the southeastern corner of Washington State. Um, I love all things dark and spooky, so I've been listening to your guys' podcast for quite some time. So this story took place about six years ago. My husband and I had just bought our first home and one of the first nights we were in the house my husband said that he was gonna go out and meet one of his guy friends for a drink which you know he hardly ever does so i was like yeah go for it we'll be cool here so me and our two kids who were four and two at the time were are sitting in our dining room eating dinner the house is completely silent and i hear a very distinct cough It sounded very much to me to be a male cough and we were just in the house alone and I I didn't know what it could possibly be. I was thinking in my head, well you're just being silly. So while we were sitting there in silence as I was mulling this over and trying to think what it could possibly be, my four-year-old son pipes up, mom who coughed? And I just Froze. I mean, the blood in my veins turned to ice because if he heard it too and recognized it as a cough, then it wasn't just in my head. So then I called my husband and said, you need to come home right now. There's someone in the house. Uh, it sounds like it's coming from the basement. What do I do? He said, go take the kids into a room. I'll be there in just a second. So my husband went and uh, he left wherever he was, came home, searched the house top to bottom, checked all the windows, checked the doors and everything was locked and there was no other person in the house. So it couldn't have been any kind of person or intruder or anything like that. Um, what's funny though is that after that happened we never had anything like that ever happen in this house again and I've never felt anything but good vibes from this house so I'm thinking if there is a presence if there is a ghost he probably felt really bad for scaring the crap out of us and so he was really quiet and did not make himself known after that but that's my story if I come up with another one in the future um, my mom has a whole bunch of good ones uh, then I'll I'll send you guys that one as well thank you so much and keep doing the good work
2: thank you holly so a couple of things anytime you move into a new house make sure you go ahead and mm-hmm. change all the locks. oh yeah we've been talking about this with kelly's situation because it could be a squatter
1: you know well yeah and we've seen stories like that in the news before that somebody was hiding out in somebody's basement or extra wall or whatnot right
2: right and you go in and you search and you don't see anything because there's that one little crawl space that you don't know about also mm-hmm.
1: Do ghosts cough? That's a great question. I don't know. I would think because they're dead, they can't do human things, Are you going to
2: have sniffles? Can I just say how pissed off I'm going to be if I die (laughs) and end up with a persistent cough through eternity?
1: Okay, how about this? I deem you the ghost farter. (laughs) that's what you're going to get. I assign it to you now. And I will take that.
2: Wait, does that mean you hear it or you smell it or both? Both. I think both. You will know. You will know when I come back and haunt you, Rebecca. (laughs) Yes.
1: Please. I hope I
2: see little white pups and smoke. <laughs> I'll try to make that happen
1: for you. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, so our next email comes from a dude. She's got several stories. She says she's worked in the medical field for 40 years and have had some pretty weird experiences. I work in an ER right now. One night, I walked into a room to start an IV on a patient. Inside, I saw a man in the chair, the female patient in the bed, and a child on the floor playing with a toy car. He was on his hands and knees driving the car on the floor and was about three or four years old. I walked to the far side of the bed, introduced myself and then asked, would you like a blanket for your son? All three looked at me confused. So I looked at the floor and there was no child there. Ooh. I just simply said, oh, and walked out of the room. Well, that's kind of an awkward ending, right? Yeah. Uh, she says, in the CR, I've seen people step back into their rooms, people that are not there. One morning I was leaving for a patient's husband in the same room as a little boy, by the way, and I saw an arm reach out from behind the curtain to beckon me, and yet no one was there. Oh. And then in the different hospitals that she had worked at, she says they had glass walls all along the hall. I was sitting at the desk there one night when I felt a hand gently brush through my hair. <gasps> I looked up and no one was anywhere near me. It was not uncommon to see the shoes and stockinged legs of someone reflected in the glass walls as they made their nightly rounds, so though no one was ever visible to the naked eye. Oh. Ooh, ooh, I like that one. When she was in Kansas, she says she worked for a doctor's office doing infusion. I had an exam room and there was an old school clock on the wall. I had to pick that clock up off the floor and put it back together on a regular basis. I played with the hook to see if it was loose or pointed down, but there was just no way for this clock to fall off the wall. So one day, I was sitting with my back to the clock, started an IV on a patient when the clock went flying off the wall. My patient sat there wide-eyed, so I said, oh, that's just my ghost. George, cut that out. (laughs) Uh, I found out later that a man had died there while the place was being built. He was running from someone during a bad drug deal and had gotten to the building. He was shot and killed right there in my infusion room just a few of the stories, but I have a bunch more. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. We're going to need all the rest of those stories.
2: Yes, absolutely. Podcast at gmail.com. In fact, everybody send your stories. If we don't use them for season four, which is going to be ending next week, next week is our Uh finale, then we're going to save them and put them on our Patreon page during our break and then use them when season five starts in January.
1: And then we're also working on a top 10 for 2020 for New Year's Eve. So please tell us what your favorite stories were from the past year. And actually, we would love it if you'd record it yourselves telling us because everybody kind of probably gets tired of hearing us talk all the time and yeah. reading emails. So we'd love to hear your voices, your accents, all that good stuff. So send those stories, please. Podcast at gmail.com.
2: So coming up next week, we're going to check in with some of our favorite guests from the past year. We're going to hear from Jessie at The Painted Lady, Yay! who was just yeah. featured on Ghost Adventures. We're going to get an update from Becky Vickers, who had that awesome slaughterhouse ghost story. That was so creepy. Ooh, um, we like a oh, 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 We've also got some cool <laughs> news from Brent Underwood. Remember, there was a devastating fire at his old Cerro Gordo mining Mm -hmm. town over the summer, but there's something really awesome happening there now, and we're going to share it all on the next Haunted AF. All
1: right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com.
2: Got to say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support.
1: And of course, we got to thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca.